What's up, everything? The first round of the 2022 NHL Draft is over, and what a wild ride it's been. The Blues drafted Jimmy Snuggerud 23rd overall, throwing off all analysts' expectations that they would trade down. Meanwhile, Shane Wright's stock plummets, but not as quickly as the Chicago Blackhawks, who are in organizational freefall. We'll stand over the ashes of their fallen civilization and laugh, all while ignoring the phoenix that is them inevitably drafting Connor Bedard first overall next season. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get started, and let's get snuggly. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, July seventh, the end of the first night of the NHL draft, and we are here. We are united in person in a forgotten bungalow outside Festus, Missouri. <laughs> we're back. We're back in Festus. Or was it Arnold? It was Arnold. Or was Arnold. Oh damn! We were never in Festus. We've never been in Festus before. We wouldn't be caught dead. Infestus. And you know who else wouldn't be caught dead in Festus? Jimmy Snuggerud, the Blues' latest draft pick. Uh, you created some notes for this podcast, is that oh, correct? Oh, raw oh well, uh, I and think it we start, sh- It starts at the draft round one, so we're, we're already <laughs> we're I think already we should honor the outline, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I would say, an eventful day in, in many respects. Hmm. Not as eventful as some had hoped or perhaps expected, as people say. You know how people say expected. I expected that. But uh, we'll talk about it all as we go through here. But let's start with with our hometown blues, what they did and did not do. They didn't do much of anything after a lot of talk and speculation about Tarasenko on the move, Krug on the move, um, maybe even, you know... Uh, Matthew Kachuk trade. Um, maybe they get Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. You know, a lot of things were discussed. They kicked the tires, and, as one does. And uh, you know, one of the most prevalent things we heard from from Jeremy Rutherford, who is rarely declarative, pretty much coming out and saying on one on one that he'd be surprised if they drafted. Uh, at 23, um, and I assume either they couldn't find a trade partner that they liked what was offered for this pick, uh, or um, they really didn't think Snuggerud would fall to them, and they liked him enough to stay there and draft him. Uh, in either case, they walk away with the uh, big, well, not huge, but, you know, sizable right winger from the um, U.S. development program, the guy who I am told has a great shot, and that's and listen, I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about him. That's that's what I know. He's got a good shot. He's a Minnesota native. Um, 6'2", 187. And he had uh, six goals and 26 points in 26 games for the USNTDP junior team this year. And 63 points in 59 games for the national U18 team. Um, he is committed to the University of Minnesota next season. He played alongside Logan Cooley and another 
high U.S. draft pick this season. Um, he was considered a leader on that team. So, you know, I think the Blues, honoring their tradition, uh, pick the best player available at their at that their draft position. They did not. Um, did not reach to take a defenseman as many people suspected that I don't think, you know, I don't think we're ever going to see them do that. We'll see them take a defenseman if they really like one. I'm, I'm confident they would have taken Justin Barron last year Mm -hmm. if he'd fallen another spot to them. But, um, but you know, that's just not going to be their MO to draft a guy for a need they have now. And it doesn't make sense when you're drafting late in the first round, you're hoping that guy can make an impact in two or three years at the earliest. Right. And it doesn't make sense the way, you know, just look at how different this team is now from the cup team. Um, it doesn't make sense to draft a guy to fill a need three years from now that you have now. I know we think our defensive pipeline's pretty thin, and I agree with that. But having a guy that might be a good right-handed defender three years from now doesn't change the situation now. And... If you like this guy a lot more than anybody else, then you take him. And and I think if if Doug Armstrong's general managership has earned us, should have earned him trust in anything, I think it's drafting. Because, um, you know, you just look at his success record. He's had basically one first-round bust in his entire tenure, and that was, you know... Um, Jordan Schmaltz, who wasn't terrible. I mean, he made the NHL. A lot of first-round busts never play the NHL, you know? So, anyway, I know you also aren't going to pretend to know a lot about Jimmy Snuggerud, but any thoughts on the pick or the decision or anything like that? I will pretend by looking at other people's <laughs> work. I mean, it looks like they did decent for where they were picking. It looks like Snuggerud was projected by a lot of folks uh, to be... In the late first round, some folks had him going in the early second round. People like Craig Button of TSN actually had him going eighth. I mean, so there's there's a little bit of variety, but it seems like a good 50% or more of people had him going exactly where he went, uh, which is, is nice to see. You don't want to see them making like a big reach or whatever, especially when they're holding on to this pick, and we haven't had a ton of first-round picks in the last 10 years or so, having traded a lot of those earlier ones away, so... To hold on to one and to be able to try and get someone of value there is really important. Um, I mean, sounds like he's going to be a, more of a middle six guy from everything. Sounds like he's got, he's got pretty well-rounded game. He's a, your standard NHL player with sort of his downside being he's a little bit slower uh, skating-wise and his upside being he's got a little bit more of a lethal shot than maybe your average NHL player. So if you can round that speed out and maybe work on his skating... Sounds like he has a decent shot at, you know, making this team two, three, four years down the road. Uh, like you said, he's committed to University of Minnesota and the Twin Cities. is going to be a golden gopher. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see him play college hockey. I kind of like having college players sometimes just because it feels like they're a little closer to home. You don't have to dance into the whole CHL thing and figure out where they're at. If they're scoring 90 goals in the queue and it doesn't matter, actually. Mm-hmm. Um so it'll be it'll be interesting. He reminds me a little bit of, um, in terms of my perception of Jake Neighbors, in the sense that we drafted Jake Neighbors, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" And it's like, <laughs> "Well, he's he's just kind of a guy." And you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I guess not not necessarily a bad pick, but not overwhelming or anything." 
Um, and now two years later. Yeah, and now Jake Neighbors, we're also happy. I would say the team. best NHL prospect in the National Hockey That's League. Right. Pat, just today, Patrick Maroon declared him the next big rig. So he's going to be our next hometown hero, despite being. I'm so a hometown hero, baby, as he says. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm the only thing I'm disappointed about is I was kind of hoping we would trade this pick to either somehow move up to get someone we wanted, maybe trade it down, like Jeremy Rutherford was kind of speculating, um, move it in a, a package with Tarasenko or something, you know, do something fun with it rather than actually use it. Um, I'm, I do think that Armstrong was probably kicking the tires on a lot of that stuff and just nothing came of it, mm-hmm. I, uh, which... Which is, isn't necessarily the, the worst thing. There is still a whole draft tomorrow. You still see trades happen tomorrow that have nothing to do with, you know, really almost any of the picks that are happening tomorrow either just because all the GMs are there. They can talk in person. Uh, it's just like a, a huge wealth of hockey knowledge all just sitting on the floor that can get things done. Mm-hmm. And also you have basically the next uh, six days, five days, until UFA day on Wednesday. And so... There could be trades in between there too, with Tarasenko or any number of people. So there's still there's still room for all of that stuff. I just say, yeah, as always, the draft day gets you all amped up, and then then it can be a little disappointing, at least for me, when nothing nothing blues related happens. Yeah, agreed. Um, plenty of things did happen though, and we'll see about tomorrow. Sometimes day two is the crazy day. You know, because... Day two, we traded Roman Polak for Carl Gunnarsson, and that seemed like a, just a you know regular trade, and then Carl Gunnarsson scored the first I don't know OT if you heard goal. this. Yeah, uh, that's right. And, you know, he was taking a piss next to... Uh, <laughs> Craig Berube. Craig Berube. And then it was like, uh, I just need one more chance yeah. sort of thing. Do you think Roman Polak would have done that? No, he would have shut the door. That's right, that's right. Shut the Roman Polak door. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting to see what... Snuggerood becomes, obviously. Um, GM Bill Armstrong says Maverick Lamaru has Colton Pareko potential. Well, prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I really like the pick. I don't know. I don't know much about him, but he just seems. I'm glad we didn't just go for the guy that. Was the best defenseman the the whoever guy the whoever guy you know his name, mm-hmm. um, and uh, more moreover I I think we got the guy with the coolest name available and that's really what matters. That, was, that so, honestly was a big part of it having that instead of a uh, Ryan Chesley or whatever it was a lot more exciting. Uh, Corey Promen compared him to Tanner Pearson, so that's. You know, something. Um, <laughs> Tanner Peterson is an NHL player. Talented winger who can be dangerous with a puck on his stick, one-on-one skill, good vision, best asset is his shot. Long-range shooting threat with a one-timer you can build a power play unit around. Ooh, damn. Mm-hmm. Snuggerud has good side, competes well, good size, competes well, and is responsible defensively. The only issue, he has seven feet which could impede him as he advances levels. The rest of his game is strong enough, though, that I think he could be a top-nine forward. Um, is anyone else saying uh, Vladimir Tarasenko replacement? Because that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
We'll talk, maybe we'll talk at the end, we'll do a little blues sandwich. We can talk at the end about some of the things they might still do um, and, and look ahead to the rest of the offseason. But in the, mid, in the middle, in the medium part, uh, the Blackhawks uh, tearing it all down, huh? What a, what, a, what a decision to trade your two best young players in a rebuild for middling picks in a bad draft year. And then, Ian, to go off the board with those picks, which I think is just phenomenal. I think yeah. truly a sensational, sensational situation for the Blackhawks. Oh. And on top of it all, the desire is to keep... Um, Kane and Taves so they can, and I quote, set the bar uh, for uh, the team, which my question to that is set the bar for who? There's nobody left. Mm. There's nobody That's there. Like, there's three people you just drafted. None of them are playing for you next season. Yeah. I, got, I should say I assume. Yeah. Uh, definitely not the high school project. I don't know who they'll be setting the bar for. Like you said, they're both 34. 33-34, they're both on the last year of their contract. They, I, you have to move them. If you really are going to go the route that you've gone with your actions, which is basically showing us that you're really ripping it down, you're not trying to do, you weren't in the middle of a rebuild, you are now pretty much starting the rebuild again, if you will, because Kirby Doc was kind of part of that rebuild. Alex Zubrinkat was sort of part of that rebuild. They're gone now. And I kind of get that a little bit. You're the new GM. Those aren't your guys. You're starting over. Um, but if you're really starting over, you've got to get rid of Kane and Taves. At least, at least one of them, which is Patrick Kane. Yeah, at um, least get rid of the one you can get value yeah, for, for like, shit's sake. You have to. If, and honestly, I can't Imagine wait for the Jonathan Taves salty comments about how he's going to say, I don't know where this team is headed. It's like, Jonathan. Like, fool, what is it? Fool me once, shame, shame on, on you. you. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on Like, that's what I mean. They, they do this, they've done this for the last, like, three off-seasons. They've traded away people. They've shown you they're going through a rebuild, and he's constantly like, I just don't understand what's going on here. It's like, dude, even if they haven't actually spoken to you, which I'm sure they have, even if they haven't, you should understand what's going on now. They are showing you to your face we don't care about winning right now. Mm -hmm. We're trying to build for the future, and you do care about winning right now, and that's not happening. So either you have to stop caring about winning right now, or you have to leave. Yeah. At least Patrick Kane really hasn't made those comments, and I'm sure is like, yeah, dude, I'm out of here. <laughs> what I hate, too, is this whole thing where they'll talk about, you know, almost our Blues fandom and Blackhawks hatred aside, like, they'll talk about their legacy there, and, like, you know, they don't want to leave because their legacy is in Chicago. Dude, that's the past. It happened. You can mm -hmm. leave now. If you that's leave, right. you go play like three years, I don't know, freaking Cam plays three years for the Rangers, they win a cup there. He'll be remembered as, you know, by Rangers fans fondly, blah, blah, blah. No one will ever think of you as like, that's that Ranger. <laughs> like, you can joke about it like we joke about freaking... Uh, Marty Verdor. Marty Verdor, yeah. but like, he's always going to be a Blackhawk. It doesn't matter where he plays. Uh -huh. So, like, I don't understand this whole we gotta keep them here for blah, blah, blah. Like, if you're freaking um, Bernie Federko and you play one season more and it's in Detroit or you're, you know, those sorts of players Detroit. where you push one more year and you kind of regret it, I get that. But, again, it didn't ruin your legacy. But 
Patrick Kane's got like three, four more productive years left for sure. Go yeah. use them. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, I would accept. I would accept that a little bit more if they were like, um, you know, actually, not that many players play their whole. For, career for one franchise these days yeah. and it just means a lot to me to be a Blackhawk for life and I I want to be here rain or shine but they're not they're both doing the bitching and moaning about oh I don't know if I want to stick around for a rebuild but also my legacy is here it's like you can't have it both ways mm-hmm. you signed matching anchor weighing down <laughs> contracts and Duncan Keith and what's his name did too Brent Seabrook mm-hmm. and now they're paying the price for that, which everybody knew they were going to do at the tail end of your contract. And you can be a good soldier and stay there and keep your mouth shut, or you can get out of there and leave, you know, and say, no, this is wrong. <laughs> um, but but uh, you can't do both. You can't thread that needle. Kyle Davidson uh, doing a very bad rebuild. I, I mean, the return for Alex DeBrincat is astronomically bad. It's unbelievable. Well, the fact that they said they wanted, it's, like, two firsts and, like, a ready prospect, and they got one first? Yeah, it's so, 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 so bad. It's That is, to me, that is, like, you have decided that this trade has to be done before the first round of this draft so you can be in the first round mm-hmm. of this draft. This isn't a good... This isn't the right draft to do that in. Right. Do it next year, sure, but, like, you can't... I, I just... Alex DeBrincat is so good, possibly underrated even still, and you get a first and a couple of, like, garbage second and third or something, mm-hmm. like, unbelievable, unbelievable, from a franchise that has a ton of great prospects. I just, it's shocking to me. It's really, truly, like, one of the worst trades that I can remember, and I guess the sins argument could be um well you know we only have two years of control and there's no way of knowing whether he'll stay here is DeBrincat Canadian he's American isn't he I think he's American um you know there's no way of knowing whether he'll stay here uh in two years so we can't give out that too much form um but they draft Kevin Kurchinsky who's nobody's ever heard of this organization hadn't even talked to in the pre-draft prospect and process and then they trade back we haven't talked about this yet but they trade Kirby Doc uh to Montreal which you know I don't know if Kirby Doc's going to be good or not cuz I feel like that injury might have hit him at the wrong time and hampered his development but a, a potentially good young player for the 13th pick and then you draft some freaking college kid nobody's ever heard of you know? Oh, a high school kid. Our high school kid, excuse me. Yes, thank you. Um, With grainy game film. Uh, yeah, I just don't... I don't know. I just don't get it at all. Frank Nazar, they took 13th. I'm sorry. Renzel was later. They traded up. They got... Nazar uh, seems... Did they get Morazic? Did they get Morazic? And then... I think they did. And then traded back for... They gave... <laughs> Ian's giving me the the blankest thousand yards. Peter Morazic. Um, yeah, so they traded Peter Morazic, uh, or as Gary Bettman called him, Mazarek. Uh, oh dear, oh dear. But yeah, so they three picks. You know, I, it's a nice way to start a rebuild, but you take two real reaches uh, on those picks. I just think 
man, that team's in in the doghouse, and and they seem like you know Rocky Wirtz is still there, which sucks, and it seems like it's going to be a long, slow road back to them, uh, back back to them. Well, I mean, but really, like we were saying, like you should really move Taves and Kane, or one of them at least, but ideally both of them have this rebuild essentially be like going underground, going uh-huh. dark, just be a bad, shitty team for however many years, rise from the ashes and be like, hey, Rocky Wirtz retired and is gone now. And remember Kyle Davidson, it's me, Kyle Davidson with a fresh new bunch of players, none of whom were here in 2010. Uh, they're all gone and this is essentially a brand new team, everyone. And, and look, they're fun and young and good. Again, mm-hmm. and you go, yay, we can market the Blackhawks again. Because right now, it just is like, this is your opportunity to have your on-ice product essentially match, like, how you want to reset your franchise as a whole. Just suck for a while, be out of the news, you know, rebuild quietly, and then you can come back uh, reborn and fresh and fun again. But, like... You gotta fully commit to that, um, but I'm here for it. I'm here for the Blackhawks sucking ass. Like it seems like they're gonna be even worse next year than they were this year. Uh, my only one fear is that they'll be so 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 bad that they will end up getting Connor Bedard, and <laughs> that'll upset me greatly. Coming like a freight train. We both know it. Everybody yeah, knows it's it. It's coming. It's coming. Everyone. You know the legal hook out there, guys. Mm-hmm. They're gonna freeze the envelope or whatever. You know. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, from elsewhere around our division, uh, the Dallas Stars had Fugazi Tony Soprano draft for them. <laughs> hey, um, Gabagool. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Not as embarrassing as Stan Bowman surrounding himself with the shield of women last year, but pretty bad. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets did get Brad Lambert. Who sunk to them? Um, they've got you know some fun stuff going on there. It's still a poverty franchise, uh, <laughs> etc. I don't know. You know, it's who who cares? The draft was like this is not one of those drafts where you can get really excited about prospects because nobody knows nothing about mm. nobody. So. Uh, we'll have to watch it as it goes. But the Blackhawks tearing down the team, embarrassing for them, yeah. sad for them, wonderful for us. The other big story, Shane Wright falling to Shane to four. Wright falling to Seattle. What yeah. a steal for the Kraken. I'm, I'm pumped. I know, I might good get for a Wright them. jersey. Good for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, great for them. I, you know, to me, he should have just gone first overall. I always think if you know a kid as the... Right. First overall pick for like three years, and then you just decide he slides in the last five minutes. That's probably not the, that good an idea. And you're the galaxy it. brained it for but sure. But the idea that neither, um, neither Arizona or or neither New Jersey or for God's sakes Arizona took him, incredible. And he had to be sweating bullets when he was up in Arizona, <sighs> the Arizona. Was there, and to go to Seattle instead. What a relief! Incredible. Um, so good for him. I'm really excited to watch him play. I hope he proves a lot of people right. wrong. Um, any other draft stories? Anything else for Miss Morazic moved? And, uh, I mean, Slavkovsky and whoever the other guy was, the second, the first. Oh, two Slovakians. Yeah, two Slovakians going one and two. First time a Slovakian went one at all. So they mentioned that about a thousand times, but, you know, good for them. 
Yeah, I mean, there weren't really many trades outside of what happened with the Blackhawks um, and Montreal and everything. There, there were some pick movement and stuff like that. Again, I think you're actually probably going to see more tomorrow. Simon Nimich. Mm. Yeah. Well, there was another one. Did Hall, like the Hall for Larson thing wasn't uh, at the draft, but they had some other big name got traded one time, like in the second day. Did Shea Weber get traded? Maybe that's what it was. was it a Weber, Weber Subban? Maybe. <sighs> yeah, it was something like that. I remember being, there being something where I was like, oh shit, that's a real trade, baby. So there can be there can be some fireworks tomorrow, um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, that that's kind of your rundown rundown of the first round of the draft. Zach Cassian got cap dumped. <laughs> um, You're getting capped up. Romanoff is now a, an Islander. You know, the things happened. It was fun. It was probably more fun than I thought it then i give it credit for it's just that the blues didn't really do anything so mm. you know um what's what's his name's what's his name's parents made out in oh the crowd? yeah, that yeah. Was, that's gonna get a lot Sick. of play um so on and so forth etc etc um anyway so that's your draft rundown i think i said that already um, this is what happens when you That's your draft rundown. <laughs> brought to you by Nike because much like, I don't, I don't know. Swoosh. <laughs> uh, child labor is terrible. Um, all right. Let's, let's get back to some <laughs> NHL headlines. Thank you. Put your kids uh, to work. The Winnipeg Jets hired, uh, Rick bonus. Rick, Rick bonus. Rick. Rick Old Bones bonus. Um, this I, they, I didn't want to do this. I know, obviously, I know. I know. Media people will never say this, mm. but it, it shocks me. It, it it even took the puck soup guys, who are usually the ones that'll say the stuff other people won't say. It even took them ten minutes to get kind of around to like, oh yeah, well Rick Bonus is probably a guy you can let go pretty easily if. If uh, freaking what's his name oh, is available, trots, yeah. and it's like, yeah, that is obviously why they hired this guy. I'm sorry, like, if they hire some young up upstart, and he has like a halfway decent season, they'll look kind of scummy to fire him for very trots. Yeah. If Rick Bonus wins them a Stanley Cup, they can still fire him for very trots, trots because he's 189 years years old. So, I have no more thoughts on that. Do you? I just find it funny that they had an old guy that didn't want to coach anymore, and now they have an old guy that probably shouldn't be coaching anymore who does want to coach mm -hmm. as their coach. Chris Letang got a six-year contract mm -hmm. that will take him till he's 42. Six years, um, $6.1 million. That's the other thing about it. It's like, it's like you would think, okay, six years, they must have cut down the AAV substantially. It's over $6 million. That's a lot. I know he's still... Good, but yeah, now you're paying. You're gonna be paying this guy, or he's gonna be a cap hit at least of six point one when he's like forty. 
still with two years left. Boy, Imagine oh boy, if oh boy. we gave out the Tory Krug contract when he was 35 or 34, I guess. But like, um, I mean, we're just talking about keep him in the in the uniform until they retire, and I guess they have. But I don't know if it was worth it. Right. Um, to get the fourth best guy from your dynasty team, <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is staying in. Uh, Minnesota, speaking about giving old guys big AAVs two years for $3.5 million. I guess the the flirtatious tweets we saw about him considering the Blues, I can't imagine two with 3.5 was ever uh, on the table for him here. So, right. um, you know, good good for the Wild, I guess. I don't know why that's where they chose to spend their very limited money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cam Talbot, who they replaced him with at one time. You had a service, you have a serviceable starter and you decide to spend more money on a guy that's now going to essentially split time with them at a time when you don't have cap space. Mm-hmm. It just feels, almost to me, it feels like... Like they're like, you know what? We'll bring people in the door having Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, and probably. we're not going to be advancing far in the playoffs if get we get there. This guy on flagpoles. We need him uh, to distract from the fact that Kaprizov may uh, be captured and in the gulag. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Oh, when Emily Kaplan asked about that. Ooh. Yikes. Awkward. Bill Guerin was staring lasers through that poor right. woman's skull. That's right. Oh, and lest we forget Alexander Georgiev. I like saying Georgiev. Mm. Georgiev is fun to say. Why don't you say it one time, Ian? Georgiev. <laughs> ah, well, we'll work on thanks that. Thanks for sucking all the air out of the room. <laughs> uh, he's traded to the Colorado Avalanche for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick this year and a third-round pick next year, ridding the Avalanche of all of their picks, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, But great goalie pickup. Obviously, they are going to let Darcy Kemper test. I like how they always say test free agency. Like he's going to come back and be like, you know what? I'll do one year for (laughs) $1.5 million, you know? So Um, he's going to walk. Where do you think he goes? I think Darcy Kemper is a New Jersey devil. Really? Uh, But a lot of people think he's a Toronto Maple Leaf. Which to me feels like such a. I just want. That to... feels too easy. That feels like well, yeah, they're a big, very big team. They have, I guess, they have cap space for it. Yeah, like they'll make that work. But I'm like, that feels too perfect. So it's not going to happen. I really want them to end up with just somebody terrible. And yeah, really, who so? Really have. <laughs> I'd take it, but like really having to like manufacture excitement. They're going to get, they'll do the trade that was rumored. They'll get Ryan Murray and they'll uh-huh. sign Billy Huso and they'll walk out Ryan Murray and Billy Huso. I do love, I or really. Or Matt Murray, Matt Murray. I really love that they have somehow talked themselves into like, we're just going to keep it together. We were so close this year. We're just going to keep it together. And this is the year they're going to lose to like the sins in the first round or whatever. Oh, yeah. be like, but then they'll do it again. They'll somehow be like, you oh, know what? Like, wow. we're just, well, the sense had know, like they a had Cinderella so year. Yeah. What were you going to do? Alex scored 400 goals this year. How are you supposed to stop I mean, that? You just got to run it back. <laughs> you right. got to run it back. Um, but yeah, Gorgiev, I think is a great pickup for the, the Rockies, I almost said. Uh, he'll save them some money versus keeping Kemper, and he can, you know, be that 1A to, to uh, Franco's as 1B and, um, you know, maybe give them the room to sign a uh, Burkowski or a Kadri or, excuse me, somebody they're worried they might lose. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, but they're obviously going to get more expensive, so... Um, they need some solution for 2C, though. That's kind of their big question mark so right. if i was them i'd try to see what it takes to get cadre 
um, before anything else and see if you can't keep him. But uh, it'll be fun. Free agency is going to be fun. We can look at the free agents here in a minute. But first, the Nashville Predators save our bacon and trade for Ryan McDonough from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Philip Myers and another great hockey name, Grant Mishmash. Uh, made up player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the guy that. Um, that's the guy that you see on like. 2033 in the NHL mm-hmm. uh, draft in in Shell and his name's like you know uh, Vladimir Hobbybolin or whatever <laughs> and you're just like sure you know um, that's a real Grant mishmash that's right uh, Ryan McDonough already 33 four years yet left at 6.75 million dollars this makes no sense. Um, yeah, I mean, good for the Lightning because they get cap space out of this. But for Nashville, I don't see how this helps. I mean, you already have Yossi. You already have... Who's another one that's not Yarn Croak? Ekholm. Uh-huh. And I think all three of these guys are lefties. That can't be right. But all those guys are older. All those guys are in their 30s at this point. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's... It feels like a buoy. It feels like a Nashville trying to buoy themselves. Like, you know what? We got some defense. That's how we built. We've always built our team from the back end forward. You know, we've got Saros. Now we got three reliable defensemen. Uh, and we already had bounce back seasons from, from some of our forwards this year. We're going to be just fine. Yeah. And they won't be. They will not be. They're going to be fine. Uh, Yossi McDonough and Ekholm are all left handed. You know who isn't left-handed though? Ryan Ellis, who they traded. Um, <laughs> but they, they, but they had to trade. Don't him. worry, he's Jake. going to be cheaper than Ryan McDonough by almost a, by half a million dollars, uh, and his contract only carries him until he's thirty-six, which McDonough's carries him until he's thirty-seven. So you know, I mean, is McDonough better than Ryan Ellis? Maybe, but is he that much better? Yeah, like, um, yeah. that's a team that feels very like in the middle to me. I mean, they've got 18 million, so they've got some room to play with. But they're also like, if they don't resign, I think they will resign Forsberg. But if they don't, they're like lost. And if they do, they're not good enough to compete. Right. So, like, what are you doing? Also, how have you not gotten rid of David Boyle? Oh, he's so old. He's a thousand, and you haven't ever you gotten a one cup. And also only one conference final, too, right? Right. And I know he... And you got eviscerated in that cup. It wasn't close. It's not like you, you know, had some great... I don't know. I know he was the one that fired Barry Trotz, and for a while it was him and Trotz were... I mean, Trotz is the only coach there for their history, and Poyle's been their only GM. I don't know. He's the one that gets to call for Barry Trotz's firing. But they should have both just been gone. The owner should have been like, you know what, if that coach that's been here this whole time is gone, uh, the GM that's been here this whole time is gone. Because he's just, he's past his expiration date. I feel like that team needs a reset. Um, and this was this is not helping any. Like I said, I think it's just a buoy. I think it's just like, hey, here's a little bit of a life preserver. This should help for a while. It's mm-hmm. a band-aid on top of our gaping wound. Um, yeah, I don't know what their pipeline looks like, but it just feels like they need... I don't. Uh, it's not good. No, they need to think. change some things. Yeah, they like David Poyle, for example, would be one person I would probably change. Um. So yeah, that's that's some of that stuff. Uh, 
the free agent free agency starts when? Is it next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Wednesday, I think. <clears throat> Currently, top free agents include Johnny Goodrow, Patrice Bergeron, obviously not a free agent. Philip Forsberg, Claude Giroux, uh, Nazem Kadri, uh, Ville Husso. Listed as number seven by the Sporting News, which tells you more about how thin this draft class is than anything else. Uh, Vincent Trocek, John Klingberg, Chris Letang, Andre Palat, Evgeny Malkin, Ricard Raquel, Max Domi, Evander Kane, David Perron. There's some valuable pieces here, but not a lot of game changers. Uh, What do you think about the Blues situation with Perron right now? Do you think he's coming back? I mean, I thought he was, then it kind of sounded like just because there was no talk whatsoever that we were hearing or seeing and we're less than a week away it was like uh oh maybe not but then i guess there was some tweet from jr that alan from jr tweeted out what he had talked to alan walsh about and alan walsh who was Pront's agent said something like oh we've been in talks with Doug Armstrong and things have been productive and we're going to keep talking. And I was like, okay. So, I mean, honestly, normally if there's like a, even a little bit of a crumb of positivity from an agent, I almost want to say it's always done. It's like, oh, okay. Then they've got it figured out. They're just having to hammer out the actual numbers. I just can't imagine him wanting to leave. And I certainly can't imagine us letting him leave if we also trade Tarasenko, which we'll talk about. Probably at the very end, but it really looks like we're probably going to do right. And I'm um, sure I'm missing. I'm sure I'm missing teams, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any contenders that have cap space for Perron if he's looking for like a relatively for his age, like large payday, like a three by six, let's say. Yeah, which he certainly his play quality should be. Able yeah, to get sure. It. Like he deserves that in like the abstract, but. You know, is Vancouver going to be able to do that? They want a they want a JT Miller replacement, someone who's a pain that is who ass. that is who popped in my head every time they talked about. <laughs> yeah. that. I was like, so you mean David Perron? Yeah, um, Toronto can't do that. They've been linked to him, so mm. like, yeah, I don't think I think David Perron's value to other teams is the same as like his value to us, where it's like, oh, we can get this extremely pr- productive pain in the ass, but we can get him for cheaper because he's older and yeah. you know he'll sign for less. But if that's how they're thinking, too, then there's no reason he wouldn't come back here. Right. Um, and I just can't, I don't know, I just can't see us letting him walk unless somebody else gives him some astronomical number and we're just like, hey, man. I feel like as like, that, yeah, you know? as like a leader in the room, a guy who's done a lot for this team and a, a, still a very productive player, mm-hmm. it just feels like it's too big a loss to just completely let him walk. And also, Ryan O'Reilly loves him and you want to keep Ryan O'Reilly. Right. So, like... You know, presumably, I guess I don't know that for sure either, but um, I do think, by the way, I think we see the Ryan O'Reilly extension on July 1st. I think that's like our big July 1st announcement, Mm. because it'll be three years to the day or four years to the day after we acquire it. Oh, that's right. It'll be like, boom. Um, But, yeah, I think think he stays probably. I'm not maybe quite as confident as I was about a month ago just because right. like a month has passed and he hasn't re-signed but um, I think I think uh, Army's probably looked at a lot of things lately we'll talk about the two big Saravali rumors here I guess at the very end once we've gotten through everything else but um, 
but uh, you know, I think I think he's a guy that probably stays. Uh, we did bring. Oh, excuse me. I need to. I need to go back to non-blues news for a minute because you made a fantastic pun here, saying the Sharks have put it into high gear, uh, hiring for, <laughs> hiring uh, form, former uh, temporary Shark Mike Greer, uh, a veteran of a number, a number, a number. 1060 damn mike i know uh, right? nhl games it was uh, drafted by the st louis Blues, That's right. as every nhl gm has been um the first black gm in nhl history good job mm. both surprising and also not, not surprising, surprising at least i will you know like i don't it, it's also a problem but I can't blame them for having very few black GMs when they've also had very few oh, black yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's, not that every player has to be, have been, or every GM has to have been a player, but that is typically the trend. Right. Um, and it's just a systematic problem in the sport. So, you right. know, it's not like, I don't think it's a sign that NHL offices are, are in you know, endemically racist necessarily. It's just like... What's the candidate pool? This but, doesn't indicate that. Yeah, but other, other things, things do, do. <laughs> probably. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, we, I mean, I think it's just good representation. Like they always say, like if if you as like a, a young, you know, black boy or girl can see that someone is a GM in that sport you like, and then, you know their their skin's the same color as yours, then you're gonna think, you know what, I can do this too. Like I literally have seen it done in front of me, so I can do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it's it's feels small, but it's it's a pretty big deal. Uh, I mean, I thought it was just pretty cool to see him go up there um, today and everything. So I I'm not even that big of a sharks person, but I'm kind of rooting for for him in particular and hoping that this works out well for them. Yeah, um, we've also seen uh, a rash of women getting jobs in the game. And, yeah, and, like four or five in the last in cool day. places. I'm not going to be able to probably name them all, but Haley Wickenheiser got a job in the uh, Leafs organization as an assistant GM. Kate Madigan, uh, she made the pick for New Jersey today, mm. the number two pick, which wasn't Shane Wright. Um, Madame Rayon to the Kings front office staff. Didn't the... The uh, Canadians gave some job to Marie uh, Philippe, yeah. uh, which is just a fun name to say. Even though she's like um, still playing professional hockey, they're like, "Well, and then when you retire, you'll have a real, real job here." Yeah, um, didn't the the Blackhawks also did somebody? I think did somebody that was poor choice of words, um, and uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, mm. the AHL affiliate of the. Um, New Seattle Kraken hired Jessica Campbell to work uh, under Dan Bilesma as the um, as the first AHL and and NHL I believe assistant coach uh, mm-hmm. who was a woman. Um, I think someone promoted like a someone. There's the like Capitals a, promoted like a video coach or something. Yeah, Emily Ingolnatsky uh, to video coordinator. She's the first woman to be a full-time coach in the NHL. Um, I really think the Blackhawks hired somebody. Uh, but I can't. Megan Hunter. Daniel Hunter's daughter. <laughs> a lot of nepotism. Yeah. Um, I obviously love this for the league. 
for for women and women in hockey, uh, I think it's wonderful. It feels a little coordinated, I'll say. Um, and you know, I think I think the NHL has some real imaging issues around uh, progressivism and mm. you know sexual assault, racism, those sorts of things. Um, so I wouldn't put it past the the powers that be and. Uh, in the NHL front office to kind of put their thumb on the scale a little bit. And, right. You know, all of these women are, are supremely qualified and, and, you know, very talented and, and deserve it. You know, no one can no one can argue with Haley Wickenheiser's credentials or... Dr. Haley Wickenheiser. Uh, Marie Philippe Plan. Is she a doctor as mm-hmm. well? God dang. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like... If the league put their thumb on the scale, you could criticize it, but it's also kind of like, can you criticize them for years for not doing anything and then criticize them for doing something? Right. You know, it's like, I w- I'm just celebrating the victory here and, and being happy about it. Um, and, you know, I hope that the Blues do something as well. Uh, the Blues did make a very progressor, progressive hire, bringing 79-year-old Craig McTavish in uh, <laughs> behind their bench. A uh, former Blue, of course, as, as every coach and GM that's right. has been. Um, I'm not going to mic you this one. I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't have a really good reason for disliking this, other than the fact that he's old and, like, was part of the Edmonton Oilers in the early 2010s when they sucked. Uh-huh. Um, late 2000s, too. Uh, I'm very underwhelmed by this pick as a assistant coach. He can win me over instantly because I don't have enough uh, reality or enough facts to base my dislike upon. But right out of the gate, I was like, oh, no, real, like, same old, real old hockey man. Mm-hmm. Blah. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little surprised that Craig Craig didn't bring his dear friend Rick Tockett in. To be oh, that would've been cool. Would've been sick. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm underwhelmed for sure because it's just like a recycled name. But like, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know a lot about Craig McTavish or what he can bring to the team. Mm. I do feel like the Blues have done really well bringing in younger guys or unproven right. guys in these roles. But then again, you could argue with Mike Van Ryan's results. The defense hasn't been that good. And, <laughs> He's still here, so, um, you know, am I going to get that upset about the assistant coach? No, you know, whatever. You will eventually. Yeah. Mark my words. Now, if our power play slips even as far as the seventh, uh, although Ott's running the power play, I mean, if our penalty kill slips even that far, then it's lights out. Yeah. Craig McTavish. Heads will roll. Is he any relation to Mason McTavish? He must be. It's the NHL, I guess. Right? He must be. Must um, but, 100%. Uh, a sad bit of news for the Blues. Alexei Torovchenko has, has a shoulder injury. Uh, he will miss significant time. I think they said until December. Yeah, December. Obviously, he's a fourth-liner, third-liner type, so it's like not the end of the world, but it also really sucks. Yeah, um, especially for having a little bit of a coming-out party in yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. Um, maybe it gives you that extra... You know, little bit of wiggle room in the off season, knowing that he'll be uh, on LTIR, but it's only you know seven hundred and fifty thousand, so not that much. But I uh, hope he recovers well and you know has a doesn't have too much rust to shake off when he gets back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've covered everything 
so let's talk about the two big blues rumors, mm-hmm. um, which are uh, Frank Saravalli, head of the um, NHL. The PWA, yeah, professional NHLPWA, right? Yeah, sure. Or HWH I don't know. Look it up. PHWA, the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Acronyms. That's IHA. He's the president of the thing, and so that's what really matters. Um... He's very young. He's a silver fox. That's He's right. like our age. That's right. Which is 22. Yes. <laughs> Ian, can you name the um, 16 people that okay. got a vote for the uh, Conspite <laughs> These are all writers? Yeah. Uh, Chris Johnston. Uh, correct. <laughs> uh, Elliot Friedman. Correct. Um, <laughs> if you even got 12 I'd be like damn Bob McKenzie do this anymore no no okay hold on hold on hold on Frank Serval gets the one. correct yep um, you saw a lot of one of these tonight oh really a lot does what's her face get one <laughs> What's her face? Uh, I, can't, I can't give you uh, what's her face. Uh, hold on, Emily Kaplan. There we go. That's uh, four. Wyshynski. He's not on here. Yeah, that's right. He's a scrub. Oh, it's eighteen, not sixteen. You'll never um, get there. Anyone else on there? I should know for uh, sure. Peter Baugh is the uh, athletic writer oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. the pink for the Penguins for the Avalanche. Um, Pierre Lebrun still has mm. one. Michael Russo. Boo. Peace uh, <laughs> And Jonathan Bernier, which I have to assume is a different Jonathan Bernier. No, nope, just Jonathan Bernier. Um, but, who yeah, still plays. That's right. Uh, he's like, uh, must be Vlasilovsky. <laughs> Vladislavsky. I also write on the side. I love uh, I love how off the rails that went. Anyway, wait. So no Lou Korak is that what you're no telling me? Korak, no Lou Korak. No. Oh. Uh, he he was given a ballot, but then he swore about it drunkenly on Twitter, and they had to take it away from him. Uh, Frank Saravalli <laughs> reporting that Vladimir Tarasenko has not rescinded his trade request, mm-hmm. uh, and also that the Blues are shopping Tory Crew now quietly, quiet, but now it's not quiet but anymore because he's been blue one. Doug Armstrong's like, he's he's on the list now. Oh, I hate the media. <laughs> he just walks over, he opens, he pulls like a book on a bookshelf and yeah. it like spins around and it reveals a whiteboard and it literally just says one, Elliot Friedman, <laughs> and he writes two, Frank Saravalli. <laughs> he knows what he did. And then he spins it back around. Um, obviously, quietly shopping someone doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But um, these it's, are fun adjectives. It's interesting. Let's start there, and then we'll talk about Tarasenko. It's, it's interesting to me shopping Tarasenko, shopping Krug. Yeah, I just skipped it. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. I really like Tory Krug. I'm, I'm, I would say, bigger supporter of him as a Blue than most have been. Um, but uh, he. Does something very well that Scott Perunovich seems to also do very well, 
and if you can have two people doing the same thing very well, keep the cheaper one. I right, would say right. um, Krug is it's fine, not fine. He's phenomenal at quarterbacking, power play, um, and you know all that stuff. But he he's expensive. He's on a long contract. And to me, I've, I've always said this. How long have I been saying this? Ian? You say this every if time we're we gonna, talk. If we're going to add to our top four, I don't see how we can do it in a way that makes sense financially without shedding some of that salary as well. And that doesn't to me just mean getting rid of Marco Scandella. Listen, I'd love us to get rid of Marco Scandella. The man somehow unbelievably has two years remaining on his deal, which doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, you can't pay four guys six million plus to be your top four on defense and not have a top four any better than we'd have uh, if we did that. You know, unless we added Roman Yossi or Victor Hedman or somebody that I don't think is going to be available. Right. Um, so Krug, shopping Krug makes a lot of sense, uh, especially if we're going to add on the left side. I don't know that that means he gets traded. You know, I think that's still fairly unlikely. But, um, you know, maybe the Bruins admit they were wrong and want him back. Go ahead. Admit you're wrong. Um, um, it's it's hard Who for me would to be th- there or Timmy Panarin they could give us to get back Tory Krug. They don't have one. There you go. I guess they give us David pa- Pasta. Yeah. We get pasta <laughs> for the mistake. Um, Brandon Carlos says he has to play with Tory Krug again. Mm-hmm. He just has to. Um, I just don't see how it makes sense other than just trying to free up money, right? Like to me, it's like you get rid of Krug. I guess you fill that hole, Prunovich. I like Prunovich. I hope he is Tory Krug in the future, if not better. I just don't know that I've seen that for a yeah. whole season along. I enough. think what you do with him though is you protect him more, right? And right. he can still quarterback the power play like he did in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, you can have Mikola take more of the defensive shifts on that side, and then. You'd obviously, I mean, I think shopping Tory Krug only makes sense if you have a a top tier left handed defenseman coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make sense if, or not even, you know, elite necessarily, but you have to be adding somebody well, else on the say, side like, for it to make any sense. You can't trade them and then just move Prunovich up to literally those minutes and be right. like, all right, we're good. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like you said, you probably have to have someone else coming in. And and Doug Armstrong, I mean, makes those moves where all of a sudden you you didn't think Pavel Bushnevich was going to be here on the move, so like he can find a left hand person to fill those Krug minutes. Uh, it's possible. I just find it like there's more moving parts to that than the possible Tarasenko trade. I guess you know. So to me, the Tarasenko trade just feels. Inevitable at this yeah, point. Yeah, the Tarasenko trade is going to happen. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I think it happens tomorrow, if I'm honest with you. I know that's kind of bold and out there, but. Those are the kind of takes we have to make, though. <laughs> this pod- Otherwise, this podcast is going off the air. <laughs> Our our sponsor said we got to start taking a hard stand. Time to pull back the doors, bust open the books, and make a call for help to Pod Rescue. (laughs) (laughs) We need to get the podcast equivalent of John Taffer in here to save our podcast. You ever watch Pod Rescue? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. 
So it's like every episode is the same and I can watch 15 of them in a row. I think the best part of those is that I'm always blown away by the fact that some of these bars are open to begin with mm-hmm. at all. Oh, yeah. And that they'll be like, yeah, so we have no customers, but all my friends show up and we don't charge anyone and we just get shit faces uh-huh. behind the bar. And I'm like, okay, interesting, interesting. My favorite bit is like they... He comes, obviously, it's a very, like, very fake show in a lot of ways. Because oh, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. fix a whole bar in three days. But he has fixed some of them. That's what's crazy is, like, every maybe seventh episode, you'll get a bit, you'll get a bar owner that really just doesn't know what he's doing or he's had, like, a, you know, a, a really, something really bad happen where, you know, he's just off his game. And then those are the guys he'll kind of connect with and really help. Right. But most of the time, it's some hugely egotistical alcoholic you know and the ones that get me are like you have no money you have no customers you are two hundred thousand dollars in debt you are sent help from basically god like because the changes actually happen and this guy actually knows what he's talking about so at the very least you could try to implement those changes and go with the new brand and then the Chiron will come up at the end and they'll immediately be like yeah they changed it back like two days later (laughs) and they're out of business yeah it's like okay uh thanks um but yeah anyway um John Taffer uh, has remodeled bars from Anaheim to Florida, and one of those teams is where Vladimir Tarasenko will probably end up. That's not true. I have no reason to believe that, but it's not true at all. I don't. Here's the thing: we've talked about this a lot. We're going to be treading old ground. I feel very conflicted. I don't want Vladimir Tarasenko to leave, mm-hmm. but he's gotta. It's if you love someone, let him go. <laughs> you know. Um, if he first of all, <laughs> that's also the motto of the NHL salary cap. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> also true. First of all, if Saravali is right that the trade request is still active, you have no choice. You have to do right by this guy. Mm. He came in here. You, I admit, you you couldn't get anything for him last year. Right. But he came in here and he did everything right for your team. He never said a word. He never complained. He held his head high. You know, he demurred at all the questions about what he what he requested and why he was upset with the team. He was just a positive attitude for the entire season. And he delivered one of the best seasons of his career when he had no reason to, to show up and do that for your team. Um, and I know a lot of people out there, you know, will take the team side and be like, oh, he's, got, he's being a baby and whatever. You know, like, I don't think Tarasenko hates the Blues. I think he, he feels like he's lost some trust with the management wants a fresh start and that's fine but like um i think even i was was saying i think even jim thomas of like the post-dispatch basically said something he threw it in quotes so i don't know where he heard it from but he's like basically like i heard he just wants like a new challenge Mm -hmm. in a weird way which i know might sound weird after you win the cup but maybe you just you just want to see what it's like to play on another freaking team also The other thing is, like, if that's true, then he's doing right by the team to say, hey, I don't want to resign here. Mm -hmm. I want to do something He's letting you know. You guys can trade me now and get something and improve your team. Maybe I'll be the next David Runblatt, you know? Mm -hmm. And you can draft some other Vladimir Tarasenko in my place. 
But like the chain continues. <laughs> that's right. Do 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 do. Um, but it's just to me, you know, he's he's going to be thirty one when his next contract starts. He had the questions about his shoulder. You can't afford to sign him and O'Reilly and Cairo and Thomas next year anyway. And I know I've seen right. I've seen people left and right say that's next year. I'm not worried about next year. Great, but other people don't live in La La Land. This is a flat cap league, and next year friggin' matters. I was like, next year is next year. It's not, not worrying that about far not away. worrying about next year is how you become the friggin' San Jose Sharks or mm-hmm. whoever, where you're just mired in cap hell because you couldn't let Eric Carlson walk mm-hmm. because you had to be good next year. But guess what? Eric Carlson was never good again. And Vladimir Tarasenko, you could re-sign him and he could blow out his shoulder. Or you could not trade him and he could blow out his shoulder. I don't want that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I pray to God it doesn't happen. But you just don't know. It makes no sense not to trade him. Um, I think the only question is what do you trade him for? And to me, uh, I'm a little surprised the trade didn't happen tonight because I think it makes sense to trade him for futures. Um and then, you know, use those futures to impact your team now if you want to. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure. I was thinking about this last night. And, you know, Doug Armstrong has talked in the past about our cup windows and three to five year periods and stuff. Um, right. And I'm kind of curious if we are in his mind, sort of between windows more than we're at the end of, of a window. Um, and you know, the reason I say that is he just hasn't done some of the things you'd think he might do if he was like all in to win this year. Um, and even talking about trading Tarasenko is another thing where like, Oh, maybe he's not. And he has done some things to like build a younger core, mm-hmm. you know, trading Krug is another example. Like if you trade Krug and keep Perunovic, that's another sign of you saying we're okay being good in two to three years better mm-hmm. than we are now. You know, if you give neighbors a role on the team next year right. an everyday role, that's another way of saying, you know, we're building a little bit for a couple of years down the road and with Colorado and Vegas and whoever else in the positions they're in, I think that makes a lot of sense. But I don't think team, you know, player, I don't think fans will understand that by and large if he just came out and said it. But he did that in like 17 and 18, and we didn't even really know it was happening until after the fact, you know. So, like, that is curious to me. But, um, you know, I would love to see Tarasenko retire a blue and break goal records and whatever. It's just not in the cards, I don't think. And,. If it's not, I don't see how you don't trade him. How right. do you feel? Like, yeah, if you didn't have a Kairou or a Thomas or somebody like that on the books or coming up and they were playing that well, you know, I don't want this to be the case, but, you know, if Thomas and Kairou both were just kind of meh and they weren't deserving of larger contracts after next year, um, you'd just say, yeah, hold on to Vladimir Tarasenko because obviously you need him for his skill and we're not going to have all of our money tied up in young guys. Uh, so we can give him some of the money he deserves. But yeah, when you have these young guys that are coming up, they're taking this team over, it's turning into their team. Tarasenko deserves to have that, I don't know, $7 million still, if not more. This is going to also be his last like big contract. So I can't imagine he's going to be willing to be like, you know what, yeah, 5.5 for me mm-hmm. uh, to stay here. Like, 
And again, I think it makes the most sense for the Blues to move him now because if he if they hold on to him for just this year and let him walk, I get that decision, but then Doug Armstrong has to follow that with being active throughout the year and active at the deadline and pushing this team hard for the cup because you can't just say, oh, well, we're going to keep him for a cup run and then not commit to the cup run. I'm not saying trade all your picks and trade all your young futures for rentals and stuff at the deadline, but it's like you do need to be cognizant of the fact that you are going for it this year then. You can't just be like, well, we kept him, but we're also not really going to try that hard. Everything's just fine. It's like, no, either trade him and start start preparing for the future or keep him and push hard right now. I don't want this weird wishy-washy middle ground. It's just it just becomes annoying because then I feel like they keep him and he just says, "Well, I liked our team last year. We're just essentially going to run it back." Um, but I don't think running it back is going to beat the Colorado Avalanche. I don't mm-hmm. think running it back is going to beat um, the Vegas Golden Knights. If you know, if you assume they're going to be better next year, like it's just not going to happen. So, like actively try and improve your team, and if improving your team means trading Tarasenko now to be better in a couple of years from now, then do that. And I also just, we've let a couple of guys walk for nothing. Mm-hmm. We let Petrangelo walk for nothing. We let, Schwartz, we let Schwartz walk for nothing. We lost Vince Dunn for nothing. Didn't we, you know, we're letting Huso walk for nothing, it seems like, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't there somebody else last year that left? We didn't resign. Maybe not. But... Um, you know, it just feels to me like this team has a core, an older core, but it's kind of evolving and we've got a a group of young guys who are going to make a huge difference for this team for a long time. And I think orienting the, the, you know, orienting the team around that makes a lot of sense and, and trading Tarasenko moves more in that direction and look you know there there are ways in which it's a pipe dream but the reality of the matthew kachuk trade possibility is out there and whether it happens this year or not until until he's signed a long-term contract somewhere else Mm. you have to think there's a a not insignificant possibility that he's at least here next year, you know, because he'll, he has the ability to make himself an unrestricted free agent at 24 or whatever he'll be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think he's shy about the fact that he wants to play in St. Louis, you know, and if you can control that, I don't know why you wouldn't. And I'm not trying to fill anyone's heads with, you know, nonsense or make believe, but, I think there's a really good chance we end up with him for through one means or another. And if you end up with Matthew Kachuk, then you really are looking at a core that is Robert Thomas, Matthew Kachuk, Jordan Cairo, if you don't have to trade Jordan Cairo to get Matthew Kachuk, mm-hmm. Pavel Buchnevich, who's a little older than those guys, but not significantly. Um, you know, Scott Perunovich, if he's still here, Jake Neighbors, you know, that's I think that's what you're looking to build, and then you know O'Reilly and 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 Perron and Shin and those guys are like the complementary pieces to that. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
that's a real evolution in this team. And, and if that's going to happen and you're building for the future, then really commit to building a team that's going to be great in two to three years versus a team that's going to be pretty good now and pretty good in two to three years, but probably not fantastic at any point, you know, in that, in that stretch. And, and I don't think it's unreasonable to look at what the Avs did last year, realize they're not changing that much and still, and think to yourself, you know what? I don't fancy our chances against them of getting, you know, of getting past them and Vegas and whoever is in, you know, the Eastern conference, be it Tampa or Toronto or whoever, like, you know, I don't think we're on that level, and I think we can be on that level in a couple of years. I don't know. I'm, we're talking a lot of hypotheticals because we don't know what will happen yet. But to me, the Tarasenko trade is is something that we can't ignore or pass up. And it's sad because I love him. Yeah, I'd love um, to keep him, but I just don't think we can. But, you know, I just don't think it makes sense. So I would be... I would be pretty surprised if we're back here together next week and he's still a blue. Um, I guess, yeah, free agency will have started by then. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably do it on free agency day, I guess. The yeah. of. But I'd be pretty shocked. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We don't know anything. But I'd be pretty surprised. Um, we'll see. I guess, I guess we'll find out together over time but anything else you want to say before we get out of here it's been a long night the draft lasted forever i know yeah four hours yeah for the first round man that means tomorrow let's multiply that means tomorrow's gonna last more than one day (laughs) 25 hours tomorrow's gonna be a 25 hour day uh check check the blue check marks tomorrow oh baby even if they have blue check marks sometimes they're like they're a shitter like strickland Uh, um so you know I thought you meant one of the fake ones. You're just calling out real no, accounts. Yeah, there's yeah. real accounts with blue check marks yeah. that are just crap accounts. You know, stick to your, stick to your, stick to your Cervales, Freemans, your yeah. your, your Cervales, your Draggers. Yeah, they, they know what's up. Yeah, maybe even your Alan Walsh's. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's gonna be exciting times. I can't wait for us to draft Maxime. Uh, Barbashev and Christian Kyra both. We're gonna find a way. Mm. We gotta do it. Um, wouldn't it be funny if we drafted one but not the other? Wouldn't that other brother be kind of like, what the fuck, man? But you drafted. <laughs> well, you're just not very good, Maxine. I'm sorry. Um, but in any case, your last year's Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> your next year's, next year's, next year's Ivan Barbashev. Uh, in any case, uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited to see what the Blues do. I think this team could look surprisingly different in a couple in a week's time. I didn't think they were going to make major moves, and now I'm kind of like maybe they will. So mm. it'll probably be disappointing, and we'll bring everybody back. And Nick Luddy will stay a blue forever. I'm but, sad. Uh, until next time, from our secluded cabin in Festus, Missouri. Signing off. See you later, folks. Au revoir. Hi, I'm Snuggle, Snuggly Zombie.